Oh, we're live. Damn, boy. We're live, baby. Live in 2020, son. Live in 2020. 2020. January 2nd, 2020. I live Look and well in 2020. You told them the date, man. Now when we upload this three weeks later, they're going to be pissed. What do y'all What do y'all think of those micheladas? <laughs> dude, I like it. Hell yeah. These micheladas? Yeah. They're pretty good, dude. Fuck yeah, right? Not bad at all. Yeah. Dude, me and Ashley, when we're in Tulum... <clears throat> Dude, we were slurping them. So you put soy sauce in this shit, bro? Yeah. I saw that over there. Yeah, so it's well, Worcestershire soy sauce and Tabasco. Huh. Damn. And lime. Squeeze a whole lime in there. A little bit of pepper. Pour that beer in there. Ooh, man. That's a Mexican michelada. That's like crazy. It, bro. Yeah. It's got a little spice to it. Yeah, Not yeah. too much, though. Is that the secret ingredients for all the zing zang and all that? Uh, I know. They, like, put a little bit more tomato juice in theirs, I think. Yeah, there's no tomato in this one, but uh, you can definitely add the tomato stuff to it, and it'll be really good still. I like yeah. it with tomato, too. Yeah. Dope. Yeah. That's right. I brought over that mix last time, didn't I? Dude, that mi- that that tomato mix the you brought. mix or Yeah, whatever. a lot of those mixes Shout do have. Fats, boys. Yeah, a lot of those mixes do have Worcestershire sauce in them. Yeah. 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 Interesting. Well, uh, well, shit, guys. Hell yeah. Should we uh, kick this bad boy off? Welcome, everybody, back to the Bedroom Producers Podcast live Coming at you in 2020, got myself, Daddy Nat, for those of you who are new, accompanied by Max from Silver Moon Project and Ricky from Lucky Roll, and that's about as formal as I'm going to keep it this entire rest of this podcast, so uh, so you boys want to dive right into it, man? What the fuck did we do for the last decade? We're in a new decade now. Dude, what did we do for the last cr- decade? We're, in the We're looking from a. 2010 to now, a, bro. A. We're in the roaring 20s, baby. <laughs> Dude, I feel like, yeah, you're right. Except we're about to have like a recession earlier in the 20s than we were back then. You think so? You think we're going to have a recession? I don't know. I, don't know. I think every, it, every, I, we, will have, we will have a drawback at some point. Yeah, we have to. But I think, uh, I think it's going good. Yeah, bro. Yeah. I mean. I think, it's, I think the momentum is pushing forward. I don't know what's going to I don't know what. There's more money in music, hands down, period. Than there's ever been. I don't I know. I think there's more money in clothing too. Dude, I literally went shopping uh, yesterday, yeah. and I was like, I think I need to start getting. Some Actually, you know what, dude? I take clothing. that. I don't even think it's. I don't even know if there's. I think there is more money in music overall. Yeah. But uh, I don't even think that's what it's about. I think really what it's about is that there. It's it's like the whole one percent owns ninety nine percent of the wealth or whatever type thing. It's like you know record labels and major businesses. If you're reflecting, probably even 2010, this is really when the start of the independent thing, I think, started to happen. But if you look back at 2010, they had all that money themselves. Like, that, all, all that money was for their artists. They had a complete control out of it. And now that their independent artists are rising up, <clears throat> it's easier for an artist to go make four or 500K right. a year. Maybe not millions, maybe not tens of millions, but four or five hundred k is like okay. up for the grabs for so many more artists than it used yeah. to be. I mean, it's just all becoming, which is a great fucking lifestyle. That's a yeah. top one percent lifestyle. It's just it's all becoming decentralized. There's mm-hmm. no uh, there's less and less institutions having control over chain, baby. over who gets in. Everyone has access. It's like it's a level playing field, and it's honestly in all industries. It's not just the music industry. Yeah, it's, it is in every yeah. industry. Like Max was saying, clothing a minute ago. But I, I mean, mean I think anyone it applies to everywhere, bro. Like the clothing companies used to be. Of, of several high dollar, high fashion companies, and then like a whole handful of basically brick and mortar shops. And now, instead of paying 
$70,000 a year for a brick and mortar shop, you can just start an online business. Exactly. And I mean, dude, sell the shit out of think them. of like a uh, fashion Nova. Dude, that's a Shopify store. Dude, I know. Uh, Gymshark. I think off white is too. Do you know off white? Yeah. Yeah. And my phone's case, my phone case is off white. Uh, yeah. <laughs> shit. Yeah. What'd you pay for that? Uh, well, <laughs> J- JC gave it to me. Gave it to me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, bro. But, uh, I mean, they're like 15 bucks, you know? Dude, they, you I'm can crazy. buy socks from Off-White for like 100 bucks. Are you serious? Yeah. Damn. Dude, that's crazy. $100 that's socks. retarded. Jesus. Yeah, Brent was telling me, he did that, they send you that skit video of his mom getting this boovaloni or whatever. Oh, no. What's it called? Or maybe she did. I don't know. Do you know what I'm talking about? The, I, I don't think I know what you're talking about. The, it's a rap clothing company. All the rappers talk about. Oh, oh, Balenciagas. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. He got like eight hundred. I guess his mom knows like the CEO or something. No. And uh, the, so, so he got, got eight hundred fifty dollars sweatshirt, but he didn't want it because he was just like, I don't want to fucking wear this shit. <laughs> Brent is such a fucking paradigm, bro. <laughs> Why not? What's wrong with wearing that? I don't know. I think he just thought it was like too much. Too much. Yeah. It's like Dude, driving a Lamborghini well, around with clothes. It kind of is. Yeah. yeah. That, that's basically, that's another, it's an interesting fact you bring up there. Like it used to be the, uh, the way that you dressed was indicative of how, like the shape you are, right? For example, a suit, you know, uh-huh. there's a certain very defined suit yeah. of how it's been for the last hundred years, right? A guy wears a suit. There was a certain sort of thing that came along it. Now people didn't always look, and they probably have to a certain extent, but you can look good in a suit without having any idea how much that suit cost. You know what I mean? Whereas, yeah. like, I feel like today it's so much more common to not wear a suit, to not dress up as nice. Well, now I so think you can it's wear articles uh, of clothing which represent yeah. the same thing as like a fancy purse or a fancy watch. Well, yeah. Now, car. now I think it's like the I don't give a fuck look represents more status. Like, if you wear a suit, you're like, oh, sorry, bro, you're just right. stuck in right. that nine to five grind. Yeah, right. yeah, you're a fucking loser, but. You know, That's if you're true. if you're fucking wearing like a Gucci Gucci T-shirt with like some ripped jeans, it's like that guy must be a rapper. He yeah, nobody nobody can say yeah, shit, yeah. bro. That's so crazy. Yeah, bro. I mean, fuck. Let's talk about another thing. Rap was not the biggest genre on the planet in 2010. Mm. Hip hop was not the biggest genre on the planet. Well, it, it was is now. I think it. It was. is now. Mm-hmm. It, it is now. Not. What was it? Uh. Well, let's do some fact checking, I guess, because I'm pretty sure it was rock. That's when Eminem started. Was like no, he started like the '90s. It's crazy well, how how did, much uh, hip hop, how much influence hip hop has. It's crazy. Because, dude, I remember coming to college in like 2011, 2012, and Wiz Khalifa was the fucking shit. Yeah, for sure. You're right. We pretty much grew up when hip hop became it, but like, it still was not nearly as evolved as it is, dude. Like, hip hop today has become. Just like rock was back in the day. I yeah, mean, fucking that's true. The Juice Worlds of the world coming up with the emo rock, right? You have Jay-Z, who's like classic rock. You have like, you know, Biggie, who's like old school kind of like certain rock. Then you have, uh, you know, more newcomers like Meek Mill, who's like more yeah. of like a uh, modern version of some of the older classic stuff. Like, it's just interesting, Dude, bro. it is crazy. I watched a documentary on like, the whole music scene in uh, Hollywood around the 60s. Mm-hmm. And Tom Petty said it himself. He was like, the sound to have was the Rickenbacker guitar. That was like every single person was just doing the jingly kind of pop sing-along 60s songs. Like 
Fleetwood oh, Mac. Oh, yeah. Fleetwood yeah, Mac. Yeah. Oh, shit. And like, All right, you guys are right. It says 1999 was whenever hip-hop became the biggest genre on the planet. So yeah. I'm off. But That's crazy. So hip-hop is has the be, has, has been the biggest genre on the planet since then? For 20 then? years. Wow, that's crazy. But at the beginning... That's 30 years, bro. But, at, but in your 1990s? defense... 99? Oh, 99. Yeah. Okay. In your defense, I feel like at the very beginning of around 2010... Dubstep was like a fucking fat. But I also niche. think nobody was willing to admit. Here's the funny thing. Here's what I love about hip hop is like it is so much like the rock music of the 60s. Yeah. It truly is, bro. Because nobody, I mean, nobody in their right mind wanted to, like, our parents listened to rock and roll because they weren't supposed to be listening. It was like the music that our parents didn't want to listen to. You know what I mean? Like we listened to hip hop because it was the music that our parents didn't want us to fucking listen to. At least as white guys, I'm maybe a little different from your perspective, Ricky. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. Well, my dad, like he would listen to rock rock and roll and everything. Yeah. Oh, did he? Yeah. 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 Does he listen to rap and be like, Oh, this is, what is this garbage? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, My dad listened, dude, almost got in a big fight with my dad during the holidays, (laughs) bro. He listened to my album from start to finish. And he was like, what are you doing talking about fornicating on your songs? And I was just like, (laughs) and I was just like, what the I was like, oh dude, you're about to get me God. hot. <laughs> dude, I, we had a good chat about it, but it was like one of those things was like, Dad, like, I don't, I'm sorry. The music, I didn't make music so you can go tell all your friends to go listen to my music. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like, if you're worried point. about the judgment that your friends are going to have, then don't fucking send it to them. Dude, that's true. And this is really where 2019 changed me. Cause I used to not be like that, dude. Dude, that, that's like that's literally what the resistance that your dad is feeling towards your music. Exactly. He's like, what are people gonna think about what my son is thinking? Mm-hmm. Dude, that's I, crazy. It's interesting. So you know, and I love my dad to death. Yeah, he's one of the he's my biggest fan. But it's interesting to look at it from that perspective because you're just like, whoa, that is super interesting. Like his initial inclination is not to be accepting of this. Right. You know what I mean? And as an artist. I got pretty emotional. I got triggered a little bit from that yeah. or whatever. You know what I mean? I got pissed off. And then I came to realize it was like, oh, I mean, he came to realize like the reason that my music is the way it is because I'm emotional. But I became to say well, the reason the music is the way it is is because I'm also honest with like the shit that I'm talking about. You know yeah. what I mean? I'm not just talking about shit that didn't happen. You know what I mean? So, Dude, it was funny. I was talking to my dad and he doesn't like rap, but I, was, mm-hmm. I explained it a little bit to him. And I was like, around 2016, I think the biggest album of the year was probably Kendrick Lamar's album. Mm-hmm. And uh, or, yeah, probably Matt, Good Kid, Mad City. Uh, that's and, 2011 when that came out, but that was definitely the biggest album of the year. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. That was 2011. Mm-hmm. I don't think so. I mean, I'm positive, but I can look it up for you. Yeah, just check it real quick. But anyway, um, I was fucked. Like, it's 2012. Oh, it's 2012. 2012. <laughs> well, anyway, um. Uh, I was telling my dad about it. I was like, that was such a big album because of his storytelling throughout the album. Mm -hmm. And I was telling him about her. There's that one song, uh, Shireen. And he's like, he's like all up, uh, all about this girl. He drives to her house and he's like, uh, she set him up or whatever. Yeah. 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 And then he drives up to the house and it's like, uh, there's, uh, two niggas, two black hoodies. I froze as my phone rang. And then it goes into like the the skit or whatever, yeah. And yeah, I yeah. showed him that, and he was listening to it, 
And then I was telling him about bitch don't kill my vibe. And he goes, now is bitch like a cool thing to say now? <laughs> and, and he's like, I was like, yeah, like girlfriends will go out and they'll be like, oh, this is my bitch. Like, this is my yeah, girl. this is my main bitch. And so yeah. my dad was like, I was like, me, he goes, what if a guy said that? And then he's like, I was like, it all kind of depends on the context. Most of the time, yeah. everybody's having a good time. And a guy could be like, oh, this is my bitch. And she'll give you a little snark. But yeah, it just so depends. It might be barely inappropriate, bro. But he's all he's all about uh, uh, what what's it called? M- kind of like manners, but etiquette. Dude, all etiquette, of us, dude. So is my good dad. Like, my dude, you want to hear a biggest... funny story? You want to hear a funny story? I would. Yeah. Uh, it was so funny. So when uh, when I was single, I was a uh, you know I was just trying like different lines on like on girls. And many times when I was like vibing with the girl, I'm like, man, you're my bitch. And I would like, and I would just give him a high five. Many girls would be like, okay. And some other girls would be like, okay, fuck yeah. And, <laughs> but then this one girl, I was like, she was just like, I was just like having fun. And then all of a sudden I was like, yeah, you're my bitch. And she's like, what? She was black. So what the fuck? And she, <laughs> I was just like, I'm just kidding. I'm just playing around. And yeah, yeah. Oh yeah real bad. She's like, who the fuck you think I am? That's hilarious. It it is weird that like we use those terms. I think the reality is, bro, is that when you call somebody directly that, it can be taken away. But we have to be fucking honest to let everybody know that like it's so funny to me. And Gary Vee talks about this all the time. But it's so funny to me when people talk about like like the reason your parents and my parents don't want to listen to Gary Vee is because he says fuck. And yeah. shit. Yeah. Like, that's the only reason. Guess what, bro? Everybody says fucking shit. Everyone. Yeah. Everyone says it. So you're being <laughs> fake if you don't say it, in my opinion. So it's like, I get that you're not supposed to curse in front of kids and shit. There's a certain perspective from that. You know what yeah. I mean? But like, let's be real, bro. Like, that's how I talk. Yeah. And my kid is going to be able to go on their fucking device when they can look up everything on the planet and they're going to be exposed to those words at a very young age. So we're giving powers to the words just because we don't, because our parents felt uncomfortable about them and their parents told them not to say it and their parents' parents told them not to say it. It's like, dude, that's all bullshit. Like, I'm going to say, yeah, I don't think it's that big of a deal if I say fuck in front of a four-year-old. Dude, my dad has cussed since I've been little, bro. Like, I've always heard my dad cussing. Of course, that's the thing. They always have cussed, but they've never cussed in front of other people. Like, direct, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, if we're in, like, certain areas or whatever, you know what I mean? It's like, oh, hi, how are you? So good to see you. I'd never cuss in front of you guys. And, like, I I just think that's the way that it used to be, and it's not that way anymore. Yeah. The, you know... I think we prioritize realness way more than etiquette. I mean, I feel like when I see people, not for a long, sorry to cut you off. You're good. Uh, whenever you, there's people that you see and you haven't seen them in a really long time. I feel like back in the day, you used to like give them a huge hug and like, I don't know, maybe that's just like a person to person thing. I still do that. Yeah, still do that. I still do that. I feel like I do it more now. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, a little maybe more. So. I think that was maybe one thing I realized. A little more body to body. Yeah. I think that was one thing I realized. Maybe there was like a good, maybe I'm, that's just one thing I've realized about myself is that maybe I should start being that way a little more. I'm Because me and, I feel like me and my brother are kind of like, hey, what's up, man? Haven't seen you in a while. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I get but. that. Uh, 
Alvi and I can be the same way sometimes, but me and Mal can I be think, like that too. But I think it's yeah. also like, you know, I, I don't know. I, I guess the whole, not to we probably should kind of continue on to what the original <laughs> idea yeah. of this topic was. But yeah. I just think if you're looking at it from a high level, I think our literally our vocabulary has changed fundamentally from the way that we speak about somebody. Because when I'm excited, bro. I'm saying, let's fucking go, bro. You, my dude. Let's go fucking get it. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. that's me excited. That's genuine excitement right. coming out of me. That's authenticity. I think it's all about authenticity. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I really don't think you're actually doing in the same way that you're shell and the same way that you shelter a kid from the world so they don't really know what the what the future is going to bring, right? Uh, like and, and you shelter them and they don't really know what the world is so they become big babies whenever they actually enter the world because it's not what they thought it was. I think curse words are the same way. I think, you know, I think it's going to... Yeah, I mean... I don't think we're going to stop it's cursing. Just, it's just all about, that you know... rebellious excitement. Yeah, but at the same time... I don't yeah, know how you cut through with other words. Yeah, no, no, I, I get you. I see your point, but... You have to just be aware of your environment at the same time. Yeah, that's true. You know, you. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, like just be you're conscious. Right. Just be conscious of like where you are. Yeah. If you're with like, you know, who, if you're around people that you don't give a fuck what they think of you. If Ross did that, let's fucking go, my dude. Let's fucking go. A four year old sitting <laughs> in front of you would be like, oh my god. Or some fucking. <laughs> or some well, actually, fucking. Actually, he'd probably be like, fuck yeah. <laughs> you know, he'd probably would my words. Or you're, or you're at work, yeah, you know, yeah. or, you know, there's some fucking, right. you know, you're around like a, maybe like a plaza with like fucking old ladies and shit, you know, at the same yeah. time. No, you're right, dude. There is respect there's to respect. it as well. There's respect. Yeah. But I just think. Yeah. Like, the I'm reason just being authentic. Doing... I'm just being authentic. Like, bitch, just be aware but I think of where we're you being, are. But I think yeah. we're being, yeah, you're right. I see what you're saying. We, yeah. But. I think that's going to die more and more as time goes on. No, I, I think so. I, I think people are just being completely uh, desensitized to like cuss words, man. Yeah, yeah. And especially because of the internet, bro. Like, yeah. dude, I'm worried about that. I'm worried about my kids having literally instant access to like everything on the fucking internet. Yeah. I just wonder what kind of effect that would have on them. Cause I have no idea because I wasn't that young when I got exposed to like Instagram and all this shit, man. It's like even like girls, like, I mean, you were pretty young, bro. You probably got a Zanga whenever you were like, did you get Zanga or like MySpace? No, I mean, no, no. Stuff? I mean, yeah, but dude, just think about the content that is on there now, especially yeah, what Instagram right. did. You're right. Like, it's very dude, different. girls are like sexualized. Just yeah. girls are yeah. sexualizing themselves, bro. It's just like, they're yeah. just, they're just, it's for they attention. get more likes that way. Yeah, exactly. So just think about that, man. Like, I feel like it's, it's crazy. Just, I just think it's another probably element. Like, dude, now I think they just, raise the age to smoking tobacco to 21. I just saw that in the news uh -huh. the other day. Yeah, yeah it's they true. Did. They did? Yeah. yeah. And wow. then, um, uh, so I was thinking maybe, I don't know, maybe the way I would treat my kids. I, I would have to think about it, but maybe I wouldn't get my kid a phone until like probably 13 or something. Yeah, like I, just think, I just think yeah, that's... Yeah, I don't even know. I, I, I think it's a, I think you really have to let your kid live. There's the, a good and bad to that. The, you know what I mean, bro? I think you have to let your oh, kid live the generation that you're going. To. And you also have to understand if you're birthing children over the next 40 years, like 
we are going through one of the most revolutionary, like mind fucking times of our existence. Yeah. Like period. We have lived, we have lived through the first generation of what the internet is and the internet will change the world forever. Yeah. Uh, until robots kill us all. Like literally like that's (laughs) the fucking way that I think we're headed. And so, although I think it's thousands of years before that happens, we're on the cusp of it, and I really think we have to be very accepting of what the fuck our kids yeah. want to do. You know, there's no, parents I all mean, over the country saying, "I mean, you can't have a phone, you can't go get on TikTok, you can't say." Like, I mean, there's two sides. Let to them it, learn bro. that shit on their own, bro. I mean, there's two sides to it, bro. You can't just like give them a phone because you gave them a phone, and then you don't know what the fuck is gonna happen. The social aspect of the internet is extremely powerful, dude. Yeah. Like, there's, you, there's like 15, 16 year old kids right now. Yeah. They're getting their I'm not gonna let, and they're just driving around. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna let my fucking teenage girl start fucking I don't know, promoting her shit like like getting all sexy on fucking Instagram and shit. Yeah. Like I'm like I'm not gonna be okay with that. Yeah. Maybe when you're she's twenty, then yeah. But yeah, okay. yeah. here's the reality. You're never gonna be okay with that. You're never gonna be okay with that. And I'm gonna probably I'm, eat my words when I have a daughter. But I'm saying, yeah. bro, like Okay, I'm just I saying. Think you kind of okay, have to like even if, even a guy, even if I have a like a boy, and I'm like, "Yo, motherfucker, stop playing games." You know, you need to get outside and do some fucking sports because yeah. you learn other shit yeah, doing that. Do. Yeah. So, okay, yes, you're gonna have a phone because you need to be adapting to the evolving technology. Right. But there's a lot of shit to learn in the real fucking world too. So you gotta like limit screen time. I mean, I think it all comes down to us understanding what they're using. So, like, I have a, I'm, I'm, I think we all here are gonna be lifelong learners. So, like, for an example, my parents have zero idea how Instagram works, even though it's been out and been the most dominant platform for 10 years. They have no concept. They have no understanding of how it actually works. They have, obviously have no understanding how TikTok works. They had no understanding really how Facebook worked until about five years ago when they got on it. It's our job as adults to go learn what the hell's going on there and then make our educate ourselves That's a good point. and not just say, Somebody I heard at work and I saw a bad right. headline in the news and yeah. no, that's yeah. not totally a good point. Yeah, and I think uh, knowing myself, I'm uh, I'm slow to these trends like TikTok and even Facebook. I was like, slow. Ah, fuck that. But now I feel like I'm like catching on more and more. Like I'm not super oblivious to the there platforms like a, that are emerging. Yeah, to, yeah. Th- there's so back to like your daughter sexualizing herself and yeah. everything. I feel like there's such a gray, <laughs> gray line. There's such a gray line with that. There is. Because, there is. Because, there okay, is. perfect example. There's, like, girls that are wearing thongs and shit in their bedroom with really fucking close-up tit shots of selfies or they're poking their ass out and yeah. shit. But then there's also girls, they're doing it kind of, but they're at the beach with all their right. girlfriends and they're at a nice area and they all want to wear their bikinis. No, you're right. So that to me, maybe that's okay. That's okay. But not like the bedroom. Right. You realize it's not, you. you realize the why girls do it, right? The what? Just, Cause of fucking boys. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, well yeah, of course. So it's just like, dude, you know what I mean? Like it's, yeah. it's like, no, I totally get what you're saying. It's going to be, it's fucking, it's a gray ass line, man. It's hard. Yeah. It's going to be hard. Anyways, we should. So, uh, so yeah, let's, let's just, <laughs> very quickly though. And let's try to keep this in like under a couple sentences or whatever. Let's talk about Ricky reflecting at you in 2010 compared to two, like, think of yourself January 2nd, 2010, Damn. where you were and, 2010. and then think about yourself, uh, today and just kind of very briefly talk about maybe yeah. some of the milestones and let's try to keep this brief guys like under right. probably under like two minutes each if possible 
right. Five minutes each. Damn, I don't two know. minutes. How much do we um, Well, 2010. Holy shit, man. I was a junior in high school in 2010. Hell yeah. That's crazy, bro. I know, bro. <laughs> Holy shit. It feels like... Man, it honestly feels like that was yesterday, dude. I still feel like I just I just graduated high school. For sure. That's yeah, crazy. I mean, you you yeah, kind of so did, bro. The same yeah. Year. So I graduated 2011. Yeah, yeah so did Max. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. I thought you were older than me. I am. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a retard. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God damn. Dude, well, dude, in uh, my, my life. I had the awkward birthday, just to throw that out there. My uh, my love for music was insane back then. I was playing the violin. I, man, I played solos, dude. Literally, I played solos in 2010 or and 2011, like when I was a senior and junior with the whole orchestra behind me. And I was like, the, violin, uh-huh. the violinist like standing up. That's yeah. Badass. And yeah, it was fucking epic, bro. You feel like a fucking virtuoso and shit up there. Um, But then, yeah, I went to school. Fuck, man. I graduated college this decade, bro. That's did, crazy. Bro. Uh, I didn't stop making music. I've learned a lot, man. Dude, I'll tell you this. I I went through, like, I was depressed, man. I went through, like, major, major anxiety and depression when I was... Uh, did you have uh, anxiety and depression in 2010? Not in 2010, but I'm just, like, moving. moving yeah, yeah, along. I got you. I'm just yeah, curious. Yeah. I'm just curious. Um, it when, was, when would you say that hit? It was probably like my my second semester in college. That's when I I started feeling it, like my first semester in college. But then my second semester, I was just like lost in my own head, and it was like that for a few years. Probably like almost the rest of college. You know, it was crazy. Um, I probably started getting out of it by the time I went to Germany. So I got into college like 2011, 2012. When I went to Germany, it was like the end of it was the second semester of 2013 so like like two years and yeah that was just crazy because that that i'm so grateful i went through all that because i realized that i had a problem and that's what got me into like all this personal development i started reading all these books about spirituality Mm -hmm. and dude that was like a were you overly judging yourself was that yeah was that where anxiety and depression came from? so much self-judgment man so much uh i mean in high school i didn't I understand now where it all came from, you know, because sure. I I judged a lot of people. Yeah, like of I was super judgmental of, of others, and uh, and it, it's so true. If you judge others, you're essentially judging yourself. Of course, hundred percent true. Yeah, and so yeah, little by little, I just had to like break down, and it was like it was a healing process, man. It was crazy of like self. So I had to like relearn to love myself, relearn to like accept myself for who I am. Well, you met me and Ross, and then you got a depression. Yeah, pretty much. Now you gra- <laughs> so you you graduated in 2016. Uh, 2017. 2017. Yeah. Okay. December 2017. So, and you had a degree. Uh, did I, did I, did we miss any key miles? Obviously had a lot that went on in the, in the 2010s. Well, yeah. Yeah. So, um, that, I mean, I went, I lived in Germany, man. That was, cr- what the fuck? I lived in Germany, bro. That was crazy. Um, and yeah, it, dude, honestly, this decade, I would say for myself, I would label it as like me, like learning who, who I am and now I, I I understand that so much better now it's so crazy mm-hmm. because I went through like a, a lot of it was a huge emotional roller coaster but at the same time it was such a 
like career and status advancement of course from where i was um like i mean i self support self-sustain myself man it's crazy you know so I've heard so many people say your 30s is their favorite years of their life because they're I've heard still that too. in their prime and yeah. they're mentally just they know yeah. what the fuck. And then you're just focused, man. So like re- literally how I feel right now is I know exactly where I'm going. Um, I know what I'm good at. I feel like I can do dude. I honestly feel like I can do anything, man. Right. Yeah. Like there's nothing I feel like I can't do. And it's just going to be a matter of me how much patience and how much hard work I can put into it. And so... That was this decade, man. Yeah, dude, yeah. I love that, man. Yeah. That was that was cool. I mean, I yeah. think we're all gonna have similar uh, trends for what we had. Yeah. Like, I mean, I, I guess I'll go. Yeah, go ahead. Next, uh, so 2010, January 2nd, 2010, was on my winter break before we went and finished up our last semester, or my last semester. At Athens Christian Preparatory Academy. Oh my god, you went to Fucking a private school, crazy. bro. Me, and Max, were both there, <laughs> yeah, dog. And we switched our year before, so I so went to school with fifty kids in a church. So we no played, way. yeah, bro, yeah. straight up, dog. We Dude, did. my graduating class was like five hundred. Yeah, our so at our high school, our graduating class was about two hundred, and that's where we went until we were. I was a sophomore, Max was a freshman, yeah. and then we transferred to this other school. Because oh. a lot of different reasons. Oh, but okay, okay. Main, a lot of our friends were going there as well. Like Will went there, oh. Dylan went there, yeah. Sam went there, Sam went there. Yeah, all, no all our boys basically went there. So damn. Um, so anyway, so we went to this school right, um, and I fucking was so I had senioritis when I was a junior, so I was so ready to get out yeah, of there. Yeah. I had just came up on the decision that I was going to go to school in New Zealand, which was fucking crazy, wow. bro. So that's crazy. You know, end of 2010, I was fully in New Zealand. I'd lived there. Uh, lived there until the end of 2013 and moved back to Austin in 2014. Best decision of my life. Played in a band there called Simple Thieves. We had some pretty good success. Really learned what cutting records was through that, though, and, like, really learned, you know, I didn't, I still didn't teach myself any of the production stuff, but I was just a lead singer and a songwriter and and a front man, basically, and, like, made sure that I kept the band operating and uh, and we did really well, dude. And we didn't do anything on Facebook. We didn't do anything on any yeah. fucking social platform. We just built a real following. I mean, we and we we get venues to have 200, 300 people there sometimes. You know what I mean? Like we we do we did really good. Yeah. And we and we and we really had that feeling that you get like that same feeling you got whenever you were just on point playing violin with that band or you know that group. It's like when you get a band that works really well together, bro. You basically think that's gonna be. Like I thought I was going to blow up with that band. Yeah. I thought we were going to go take all over New Zealand, Australia, and then come to the U.S. and be like that perfect little mix. Tame Impala was coming out of that time. Like all yeah. of that was like really what I thought. And when that all went to shit, you know, I basically was like for uh, just because people change and we we're all young in your 20s and all of us were going through anxiety and depression, just like you were fucking saying, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, And we didn't even know what it was. We just were kind of like right. dealing with it. Yeah. I mean, I can remember – the semester before I graduated, I thought I had a heart attack one day. I remember I like was thinking I was going to have a heart attack and I could hear my heart pumping. When was like, this? All, like basically when I was dating Sophie still and oh, like yeah. my last semester. And uh, I can remember coming back and like legit like never having contemplated, I never had anything similar to it ever in my life and had that anxiety. And uh, 
that stuck with me, particularly whenever I moved to Austin and then got a job and then slowly kind of got better at that. And, you know, I'm really thankful for having a job in Austin and being able to, you know, start a band here with Max uh, called Dirty Lens that we had, you know, for, I guess, two and a half, three years, something like that from a 2014. Lot of the same songs from a lot Simple of the same Thieves. songs from Simple Thieves, but like some that we wrote together as well. And yeah. honestly, the stuff that we were writing at the end was great. Yeah. Um, and, you know, kind of just learned like, taught myself through going through the band stuff that like, yo, like, cause I'm such a businessman in my mind and I think about the business yeah. stuff and I'd always think about it from the perspective of the current day. But when I played music, I thought about it from the perspective of the seventies, eighties, nineties. I mean, I would have started rapping sooner. I would have started all this electronic music so- sooner if I wasn't afraid of like what other people would have thought of me. And I yeah. would have never told you that's why I didn't do it, but it's why I didn't do it. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I could have done all that stuff. And I really had to go through the process myself of learning that that's not just because people picture me as a lead singer of a rock band and like they saw how like awesome that was and that's what they thought I would do for my life, that that it shouldn't matter. Like it's all about the music that I wanted to make. And, you know, when we finished Dirty Lens, the whole purpose of that was to go and, you know, fuck, spend, I guess I spent about two years working on Brethren and then I've spent about two years working on daddy nat now so the last four years have just been me really trying to learn how to produce and and yeah and and do it myself not not let anybody else have the leverage you know what i mean and and uh, i look at 2019 specifically which was the final piece of the puzzle and fuck i'm so happy that i had 2019 to get it yeah which is that you can't just make good music bro you can't just do cool shit you know what i mean if nobody fucking sees you doing it online it doesn't fucking matter yeah. So, you know, 20, yeah. 2020 was exactly. 20, the 2010s were me really getting rid of my ego and getting rid of For my sure. ability to say that I'm just talented as fuck. Cause I was super talented when I was 17 sitting in my fucking bedroom 10 years yeah. ago. You know what I mean? But it's not like it just, that shit doesn't matter. You know what I mean? Like what I realized was like, I really embraced what I've known for a long time, which is it's about, Pushing that out there, being vulnerable to what fuck people have to say about it, and just continuing to go and go and go and go, never look back, and do everything that I'd do with a business, if it was only a business, with my music. So, anyway, that was long-winded, but that was the last 10 years for me. Fuck yeah, what about you, Max? Um, Mine was pretty chill. (laughs) (laughs) Super chill uh, decade, bro. Yeah, so I, <laughs> yeah, I guess. Well, Ross and all my super close friends graduated twenty ten, so twenty eleven. Oh yeah, Max hated being in school whenever we were all. Like, well, twenty eleven <laughs> was actually cool because I also had close friends that were my brother's age, and they were all just. It was a group of three guys, and they uh, started their own blog. And this is during the time around 2008 to 2011, 2012. I was kind of like super, super into wakeboarding. And I just, I definitely, I mean, I've always been a guitar player since I was eight years old and uh, putting music together and stuff. But um, wakeboarding was my passion. And when I saw uh, my buddy, we were sitting on the couch one day and they were like, we were watching snowboard videos and wakeboard videos. And they're like, dude, I'm so tired of 
because we wakeboard. And so we're like, I'm so tired of them coming out with DVDs and movies of just riding behind the boat. They're like, we fucking love snowboarding, how they go to urban little places and hit handrails and shit. Oh, like yeah. Like behind places. They're like, how could we do that with wakeboarding? That's and, dope. and they were like, we're going to fucking do it. That's so and badass so how they did that, that shit. Uh, one of them got a winch for Christmas. Oh, and okay. It like, what a winch is, it yeah, winds yeah. the rope up really fast and it could pull you at around 20 miles an hour. Yeah. And so we'll, we first set up a little handrail in the backyard because there's this perfect little cove at my friend's place. Yeah. So we built everything ourselves, got all the wood, built the handrail. And we, and my friend was so good at editing cause he was at UT going to film school. And so he was editing all these badass videos. Shout out to Andrew. Shout out to shred town. But Bro, speaking of which, just for reference y'all, for those who are listening and probably didn't know about shred town cause we're all musicians, dude, shred town. I had friends in New Zealand hitting me up about shred town. That's I had crazy. friends in New Zealand talking about it. Yeah. They were like, you fucking know those guys? What? Yeah. Like, dude, they were like international celebrities in a yeah. way. Yeah. And the niche of wakeboarding, yeah, they blew up in that whole they industry. Were, yeah, in the niche of wakeboarding, for sure. Which wakeboarding is fucking a crazy. small industry. It's the smallest out of all the board sports, I'd say. But anyway, um, so they started making these videos, and Andrew's like, dude, we got to post these videos once a week. And they got a little blog spot account like uh, shredtown.blogspot.com but then finally later on just got shredtown.com but he made all these videos and they were so entertaining and I didn't even nobody and dude they were entertaining because of the lifestyle that they showed in it it wasn't just it was them drinking Keystone Lights before they go hit a rail. Yeah, it was dope. them partying at night. It was and dude, Max and I were literally just sitting there since we were juniors and he was a sophomore in high school. We just literally showed up. Like yeah. we, they did not, I mean, did they start making videos before we started hanging out with them? Do you remember the first no. time going over to their house, like in our, in our wake, my dad's wakeboard boat, dude. And being like, Oh, that's when they started. They had already was like, what's up guys. They had what are y'all already, doing here? They, oh, they already, built that rail. Yeah. Remember that rail that was in between the cove and, and Mo yeah, that's, cut yeah, it down? yeah. And so, and it was funny. Yeah. That they, they built these rails and then the cop, the boat cops came and was like, you have to tear down these rails and we would film the cop the whole time. And they would make videos out of that. No they way. They were literally doing the shit. Like now we're all like, dude, we got to be doing all this shit. But back then they did that. And the videos were so entertaining. And even our parents were watching them. Oh my God. Everybody was making fun of the boat cop after that video. And, uh, cause it was a small town and everybody knows everybody, but they were making these videos and it kind of taught me the way that I think about music. Andrew had such a cool taste of music to edit to. He, did, he used yeah. old school 70s stuff. He used new school, like electronic stuff. He, he used old some, school hip hop. Yeah, you know? he used old school hip hop. And it's so cool because all these songs that he used were very, very specific to his vision of editing. And so you would start out with an intro, like, the song has a really cool intro and we're all just kind of like drinking beers, like kind of lifestyle stuff, like goofy things here and there. And then the transition he'll edit to the transition of us setting up, getting ready to go like a fast forward clip or something. And then the song starts going and it's just wakeboarding for like the rest of the song. And fuck that's badass. And that kind of envisioned me. I was like, dude, I want to fucking learn how to make music in this kind of style. And so kind of they've been doing that for years. And then I finally 
I was riding with them. I actually got a double page spread in a magazine when I was like 17. No way. And so that was definitely the highlight of like 2010 or 2011 or something. And then I moved to Austin and honest, but it was I, also crazy, dude. Like what I felt like about that. From, sorry to cut you off again, dude. Good. But like what I thought was crazy about that, bro, is like He's used to it. How quick they, how much that did for them, but also how when they stopped. I mean, it it stopped. Yeah, it just yeah. I know, dude. What the fuck? It just stopped because he's. I'm telling them they should do a podcast. But what the fuck? He stopped, Why? He stopped putting out videos. Why? I don't know. I think they got burnout, bro. Yeah, they got super burnout. I think the last few years of them being sponsored, they didn't wakeboard at all. They were just getting paid. And since they had a contract, yeah, they just they got, got paid, anyway. paid. And so, I don't oh, know. I, see. I don't know why they, they stopped. I, I wish they could have carried on. Dude, that... But it's a life lesson. Because they were whenever changing we finally shit. have the spotlight... Do not stop. Yeah. Yeah. But dude, uh, you know, it makes me think of when I was doing YouTube with JC. JC, dude. And uh yeah, dude, we were JC growing. Stop. Yeah, we we're growing and I was so lazy because I personally didn't like it. I was in the videos, I made my videos, Which but fine. my editing was like half ass. Dude, you should see you should see JC's early videos, bro. Like the shit he would do was insane bro he would literally have a whiteboard right and he would draw stop motion he would make stop motion videos like so he would draw out the scene and then take a picture redraw it dude a thousand fucking pictures later bro he had a fucking video yeah it was crazy bro crazy he would do shit like that and i was like i'm never doing that shit and that was a niche little thing though back yeah 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 i mean he he pretty much blew up and, um, yeah, we we're making videos. We we're like in a collab channel. Well, y'all met Kian. I was yeah. in a collab with Kian. And then I don't know. You met Ricky, the, that gay guy. Uh, I'm pretty sure he was there. Oh, he was, was he the guy who greeted us when we first walked in? No, no. He, he, he was there later or maybe he was, I don't know, but, um, super cool guy. Real slick haircut or no? Yeah. And yeah. like a pink shirt on maybe? I don't know. I'll show you, I'll show you a picture of him. Anyway, I think, you, I think you, I know who you're talking about. You remember. Anyways. Yeah. We were all in a collab and then. They were like, then, then JC was like, we're going to make a new collab, man. But, uh, you know, I know you don't, you know, really care to take it so seriously. So, you know, do you want to be in it? And I was like, nah, fuck it. And literally that O2L is the collab that blew them the fuck up. Yeah. He moved to LA after that. And I was just like, uh, crazy. And so literally that was a huge life lesson for me. But at the same time, Mal was also in the other collab too. And, uh. Dude, we we just weren't in it, man. It wasn't for your. It wasn't your path, you know. It wasn't I mean? my path, exactly. Yeah, and I think about. I think a lot about like what I went through emotionally. Mm-hmm. If I would have like made made it through Dude, that, I think I think, I, think I would have been fucked. I think about that all the time as well, bro. I think, I think if I would have been fucked gone, if I would have. I think about almost all my life decisions like this, bro. Like if I think it t- I went to a college outside of New Zealand, yeah. I don't think I would have graduated with a degree, straight up. Really? Don't think I would have. Outside? Why outside of New Zealand? Like, because New Zealand was so focused. It was such a surreal experience that I was like, yo, I have to do good in my grades. Like, I have to pass all my classes. Yeah, but what Otherwise, you, I don't get this. But yeah. I also only took business classes. So I didn't have to retake all my fucking 
like introduction oh, yeah, you had to some social good, studies you had a and all good that setup. shit, dude. Like I didn't have to do any of that's that. That's cool as fuck. So, and that's just how it is over there. It's a three year degree as opposed to a four year degree. Oh, really? And so I got a three year degree. And that's I why just, I got discouraged. But I, I think personally, bro, is like I just. So I look at that as one decision, bro. I also think if my band would have blown up, bro, I don't think I would have been able to handle the last six years, seven years, the same way that I would be now. Cause, yeah. Because now we see the template. Now we see this, and we know how to build a business off of it or whatever, right? Yeah. Uh, back then, you didn't have that template. Yeah. Back then, all you had was the judgment that came alongside it. So anyway, sorry to cut you off again, Max, but like I just think it is interesting looking at Shreddown, looking at JC. Yeah. You know, I mean, I was just as close to Shreddown as you yeah. were, so I felt yeah. like you know, I missed a lot of that as well. Yeah, but anyway, back with what I was saying. Um, so yeah, they made all these videos and they started getting traction for it and everything. And then uh, I remember the wakeboard that they used to use that company came out and wanted to ride with them. They're like, let's do a few videos with you guys and meet you guys and see if we want to sponsor you. If they did a contest, all of them would lose, hands down. There's no way they could win a regular wakeboard contest. Oh, really? Yeah. Interesting. But, that's crazy. But they sponsored them because they're, they had such Bro, a big following. It's because that's what it's about. So, they were so creative with their that's videos. That's what adds the attention. Dude, that's what it's about. Dude, literally, that's what I've been thinking about. Yeah. Like, if you can just get that attention, and you you're just good, create. man. Yeah. And um, the th- the cool thing with them is that I've just been I'm still obsessed with the idea of having like I know all the TikTok stuff helps all the and I know one of the topics we want to get to later is like your image, but um the yeah I, w- I want to do exactly that I want to have a badass video once a week or something or maybe every time I play a show and edit edit it in the style that he edited it, but. Anyway, yeah, yeah, go check out their videos. You'll get pretty captivated, and you can start from the first video and go all the way through yeah. shredtown.com. But um, anyway, carrying on, I started going to college in Austin. I pretty much came here because I just heard it was a party school. That's yeah. kind of the main reason I moved here. Wait, to Austin? I, it was like a party town. And oh, so, oh. And so well, that's... I also just wanted to get out of Athens, bro. Yeah. I wanted to get the fuck out of Athens. And yeah. then, of course, I was girl crazy, but... Uh, I moved here, uh, did pretty shitty. And that's what Ross is saying. He got to take straight business classes. I was going to do like graphic design or something, but I had two years, I had about two years of remedial courses to get through. So I couldn't even take a college class until I got through all that shit. So I didn't do as good the first year. Then the second year I by around April or February or something, I failed a history test and I called my mom I go I'm not going to do college I don't know what I'm going to do but we'll figure it out and she was of course like detrimental about it but yeah um uh but anyway then I found Dub Academy and I got a little certificate at Dub Academy and Ross actually visited from New Zealand oh, and he's saying that, yeah I listened to it the other day I was like dude the bass sounds amazing I was like this isn't that oh. bad yeah, you got me running out the door. Yeah, the words are hilarious. The lyric writing is really fucking funny. <laughs> but, uh, dude, it has that kind of the sound I'm going for right now. It was it actually in that was cool. song. Yeah, I thought that song was dope. It was pretty. It was a pretty cool little That's test dope. song. My friend Austin played drums on it. Ross sang background vocals on it, and uh, my vocals were 
kind of week, but they were in tune. So it was like, whatever. But that was a, that was me learning Ableton. That yeah. was my path of Ableton. And I've, and then I did remixes and shit and I wish I still had them cause some of them were really cool. But anyway, carrying on with that, uh, Ross moved back and we tripped LSD for the first time. <laughs> I would honestly say that was like a big, huge realization Dude, the At next level turning the, point. The first life. time I did mushrooms was with Mal, and that was a huge thing for me. Yeah. I didn't realize you could feel that way. Yeah. And the thoughts that would come to you. Yeah. Yeah, mushrooms were huge for me, too. I, yeah. I remember the biggest thing, <laughs> uh, in a nutshell, the biggest thing, I, I was tripping and seeing all the tracers off your hands and the walls and stuff were moving and shit and we were all laughing <laughs> and then i literally remember looking on the wall and sam had this poster of the beatles they were all hanging out around bushes and shit and i looked outside in the yard and i saw a couple of bushes in the yard i was like dude we can be the beatles like we're fucking human like we can make good music and be as successful as that and i was like let's all go to the garage we're writing a hit song right now and Everybody was like, dude, because everybody else is tripping. Everybody's like, dude, no, I don't, I don't want to do that. I don't. And I was like, oh, maybe this is harder than I thought. <laughs> so yeah. that was all during that trip. But then we listened to Pink Floyd, and a big turning point was the sun goes up and the sun comes down, and that's going to be the rest of your life. And that was like, holy shit, like time definitely doesn't stop. So anyway getting out of the trip zone i started trying to i was good at guitar but i wanted to educate myself on being better at guitar so i took a bunch of guitar lessons i was still working with ableton and i was kind of learning how to like simplify music in my head so that i could just do content which is music and yeah. put it out there and then that led all the way up to ross moving here we did the band for about three years i would i would probably say we'd Pretty much, except for Instagram and telling people we're playing we didn't the show. Really do social we shit didn't at ever all. do social media, and uh, then we got burnt out on that. And then now we're all doing our own projects. And I think the twenties, the Roaring Twenties, Roaring Twenties is gonna be gonna next be level, baby. Gonna be a good decade, dude. Yeah, no, fuck uh, yeah. Because entertainment's just growing. So yeah, I know, dude. We nailed that first uh, topic, dude. <laughs> uh, so, so cool. Yeah, I think, um, I mean, it sounds like, to be fair, we were all in high school at the beginning of the decade. Yeah. And we were all several years out of college by the end of it. You know what I mean? So, uh, yeah. lots of changes there. Some of the things we talked about that I would like to speak about is, one of them about is momentum. And it's one of those things that I think, you know, Ricky, you had mentioned momentum and, and how important it is to your success. Um, and I think about, you know, my career as an artist, and it truly is often about momentum, which has a lot to do with routine, which has a lot yeah. to do with sort of doing the same things repetitively, but not getting, uh, not, not thinking about them sort of, you know, in a monotone manner, thinking about them in a very like, you know, engaging manner but uh you want to talk about momentum a little bit ricky um yeah there's uh, so i think there's two momentum scales there's one scale where there's the the long term right where you know you know you're on it 
it's hard to lose that one because, I mean, you're really consistent. You know, you can take a couple weeks off, but it's not like you've lost it, right? But then there's the, 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 then there's the short-term momentum scale, which um, you're a lot more sensitive to. For example, when I was at home these last couple weeks, I'm just chilling at my mom's house. I'm not in my studio. Um, I have headphones, but, you know, I'm seeing family. I'm seeing friends. There's a lot of distractions. And then I'm like thinking, okay, I should go, probably go work on music. But then I'm like, nah. And then you start slowly losing that short-term momentum where when you're in your daily routine, it's a worked out in there and you go home and you sit down in your studio and you're working. And the next day, same thing. You're just on it. You're literally on your schedule and uh, you're checking off like whatever it is on your to-do list. So... As far as momentum goes, you have that long-term momentum where if you let yourself start deviating slowly from what you're supposed to do and you start loosening up your discipline, then that long-term momentum starts kicking into play and that's when the real harm starts because there's so many distractions. There's so many things that are fighting for your attention like I mean, like girls, like going out, like saying like, I don't got to do shit. Why? You know, what's the point? You know, you start losing that vision. And so you can't be thinking. So Netflix, Netflix, exactly. Right. And so like, yes, it's okay to indulge on that every now and then. But your your long term vision depends so much on the short term momentum. Right. Because. You can't. I think it also has to do with being fulfilled on a macro basis and a micro basis. Uh, if you that, asked about all that me being, plays if you into think it. about me being fulfilled on a, as a macro, I've never been more fulfilled in my life, period. I've never been more fulfilled with what I want to be doing and doing what I want to be doing on a regular basis. On a micro, yeah, exactly. the last two weeks have been tough. Yeah. Because I haven't... Exactly. I've, I've, you know, but also, That's exactly that creative what. frustration that you have... Yeah. When I sat down, I wrote two fucking badass songs the moment I sat down whenever I got home. So it's like, it is interesting. you know. No, I mean? it is it's interesting. A- you just have to be aware of uh, whenever you're deviating from uh, what, you, what you know you should be doing. It's really yeah. hard for me to be present when I'm not, I don't have the momentum and I'm not fulfilled yeah, on a micro exactly. basis. Exactly. Yeah. Dude, th- this is an interesting thing. I always get so fucking pumped to write a song while I'm fucking around with gear at Guitar Center or while I'm driving in the car. And when I get to my... Me too, actually. And while I'm at work, probably, I get a lot of cool ideas. You get so stoked. And then, and then when you come back home, music is fucking boring. Like, music sucks to make. Like, I'm uh-huh. just going to flat out... Say, obviously, we all love music, but I'm, I mean that in a different perspective. Like... Like, you're like, whoa, you get so inspired by a huge song and everything, and then you're like, let's start. You do a kick drum, you do a snare drum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, this is, like, I, the ground one levels is so fucking right. boring. Dude, that's why you and, have to work out systems so that you can well, get I've, shit fucking out that's fast. What, that's what I was yeah. about to get to. I've been writing down things. Yeah. I was like, what gets me stoked? Fucking around on a synthesizer. Maybe I should start some songs with some synthesizers. Maybe another big thing that, that helps me a lot the song I'm stoked on at that particular time, I literally, not to the T, but I copy the beat. 
like the the rhythm because yeah. so many songs have the same beat. I'm so good at uh like as you get better as a producer. That's what's cool about your music yeah. is because you have pretty much one beat. Maybe you'll bump it up one or two or down two tempos. Or there's a lot to no, it. There's man. a lot to I'll it. I'll tell you. I'll tell you. There's a lot to it. But um, we just don't hear it because yeah, yeah, yeah. Much. Um, but I'm I've been we me and Mao are getting really good at like understanding all the elements that are in a track that we really like yeah. and being able to just understand the place because house music is so well i'm sure all music but house music is so much about the placement of where that element is in right and then you can substitute with whatever sound right and you're gonna right, get right. and you're gonna get the vibes a different vibe obviously but that's where your artistry comes in because you're creating the vibe Sim- but similar thing well, I'm yeah about, yeah and so you know we hear that element it's in that spot but before when you're like, when you're like a newbie you don't hear it you know, you don't identify that there's something there that's something plain. It's creating something right. in there that's creating a certain groove. Or the, or biggest, the lack of something. The, or the lack of something, exactly. The biggest yeah. thing I've learned in every single song, I don't care what song it is, the most, it's not the chorus, it's not the verse, it's not the intros or outros, it's the little tiny measure or two bars, one or two bars of the transition that leads into it. Transitions are important. I mean, it's all important, bro. Like, if you don't exactly. have, to, to me, you can have fire transitions, and if you don't have a good chorus, Absolutely. you're fucked. Yeah. Like, yeah. But like, so, but here's my thought on it, dude. And and this is, I think you guys will share the same sentiment. And that is, when you sit down for a song, there are two scenarios that I sit down to make music, right? Yeah. Maybe three. We'll, we'll call, it, but in general, two. First is, I have a very acute idea for what I want to make. What is what? Def, what do you mean by acute? Uh, like you know exactly. I have a very defined, defined idea okay, okay, for what okay. I want. I hear it in my head. I know what I want to make, uh, and I, um, and I and I go make that. I execute on it. I lay down the sounds that I hear from a synth, whether it be a guitar, a synth, uh, uh, a bass line, a drum, whatever it is. I hear that and I go make it. And those songs come out very fluidly. They happen very quickly. I usually write. You know, one night I wrote the gist of one night yeah. in thirty minutes, dude. You yeah. know what I mean? I mean, that's what happens and, with and, me. And so it's know? like, so it's like, you, so there's that, right? Then there's the second part, which is you show up and you don't know what you're gonna write. And when you don't know what you're gonna write, this is how I approach it. Because I think this is what happens to you every time, Max. If I'm just kind of speaking out loud here, I think you sit down. You don't have an idea. You maybe have one minor idea in your head of just a vibe or like a color or like a pic, you know, uh, sort of a feeling that you have that you want to get out right. Yeah. But you don't have a melody in mind. And so, dude, what I often found myself doing is I'll go play a synth. I'm saying, okay, I'm going to play some synthesizer on this song, right? Yeah. And then I'll go play all these fucking different melodies on the synthesizer. And I'll just be like, yeah, yeah. Oh, this is cool. Oh, this one's pretty cool. This is pretty cool. 30 minutes later, I'm bored myself with that sound and I don't find anything. So what I do is the fucking moment I hear something that gets me off just a little bit, the moment I hear it. Yeah. It could be the first thing I play. It could be 10 minutes into it. The moment I hear it, there's no more choosing. That is what I'm working with. uh, Bro, and that's precisely why I see music production as not a creative process, but as a discovery process. Yeah, yeah. Because you're, uh, you're essentially, you essentially have like a gold detector, right? And you're like, you know, all of a sudden you're just like feeling out the fucking ground, and all of a sudden like it starts beeping right there. It's like, okay, let me start digging right here. Like, oh shit, no gold there. All right, let's keep going. So that's why you just gotta be calm. You're just like writing beats 
whatever it is, thinking melodies, and all of a sudden you're like, oh, oh, and then all of a sudden you're like, dude, you feel that emotional trigger, yeah, yeah. and you're fucking in the, z- and you, you know, just go with it, bro. We all feel that moment when you're like, you know, you fucking caught it, right? It's like it's like a surfer catching a wave, you know? Yeah. You catch that shit, and you're just in the flow, dude. It's isn't it? And it's it's me, the best for fucking. Me, that's yeah, when yeah. time yeah. ceases to exist. Yeah. You're literally like in the moment, in the zone, and you're just like, boom, you know exactly where it's going, man. It's yeah. the, it, it gives me chills, bro, because that's what we live for, bro. Bro, yeah, yeah. yeah. totally, man. Yeah. And this kind of comes up to getting attention and paying attention or whatever in yeah. a weird way, which is okay. one, another one of our topics. But I do want to just say, dude, yeah, you're exactly right, man. I find that one piece, yeah. and then the drums reveal themselves to me. Yeah. I don't over, like, I know everybody says don't overthink shit. It is so true, bro. Like you have to it's learn true. the tools and Max, you're a fucking master, bro. You already Dude. know how all the tools no, work. No, I know exactly what you're all talking about. So you yeah. just so just create it, bro. Just yeah. and if it sucks dick, then whatever. Yeah, yeah. Dude, no, it. I've I've had to I'm 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 an I'm an analyzer too, you know? I'm an over analyzer. I've had to stop myself from over and also I'm also thinking so, and it's and it, it, there's two sides of it, right? You don't have the validation, the public validation of what you're doing, right? And right. so and so, if you try something different in the studio, you're like, man, no other producers doing this. But the reason, but the reason that all the other producers are big is because they did something that nobody had done, right? Right. So, little by little, we start getting the validation. Like little by little, you like for example, like. You know, we, we get the public validation. We play our tracks, you know, in public. Right. And people really fuck with them. And then you start getting the validation. It's like, dude, we're doing something different. Now we got to really go what we're really thinking. Right. And so now I'm going to the studio. I'm like, dude, what I'm doing is right. Everything I've been thinking about doing that I've been scared of doing is right. I've I'm going to go, that same I'm gonna go ham on all these ideas I have and all yeah. these sounds that I'm thinking, same. this vibe that I'm thinking about because no other producer has I trust what my I'm thinking. ear better yeah. than yeah. I mean, I trust my ear. Right and uh, and, yeah. and it was always like it was it was like my intuition has been pointing me towards towards that direction. Uh-huh. But I'm but I've been like you know sort of like inching my way into it. And now that we're getting all this validation, it's like, dude, let's go ham. Yeah, you know what I'm and, saying. And I guess the third. So I said the first was you show up and you have an idea that's very defined, and you just lay that idea out right. Yeah. You sort of pour out of you. Second is you discover a sound. You don't really have an idea in mind. You discover it, and then you build around that, right? The yeah. third is the one that I personally have the most frustration in a way, with. In a way, they are is, synonymous, though. They are. They yeah. are. But, but, I, uh, but the third that I think of personally is, is whenever you sit down for a song that's already 20, 30, 40, 50, 60% of the way there. And that's... I like that, too. And that's... Yeah. I enjoy that as well. I enjoy that as I well, too. I find it hard to do it all in one setting. Unless it really just pours out of me, like I'm yeah, um, I never. You're saying a song that you had halfway done beforehand, right? Yeah, I find that to be. I'm I'm pretty good at that. Yeah, but it's uh, dude, that's interesting because no, I feel it's really like I'm, interesting. I'm best at that now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like filled myself with knowledge, and then you get stoked on an idea. And then you come back to those, and yeah. I literally just put that idea. I need creative breaks. Yeah. I need a lot of creative no, breaks. No, I'm 100 percent uh, with with what you're saying. Like I am much better at, uh, <laughs> I'm much better at coming back to a track that is already like like or like a beat, yeah. something that's already like intact, yeah. and then just going ham on it because yeah. you already have a structure. Yeah, yeah. right. Um, 
And so, so that's why I, I actually recycle a so lot of my drum. you the most frustration with that. No, I have the most frustration probably with the second one. Well, I, have, I don't really have frustration with any of them, I guess. I, I have, I, yeah. I have, it well, takes well, me the longest to go and make a song. That's actually, that's like, like, let's say I have an A part and a B part to a song. So like a verse and a chorus, Yeah. but it needs a bridge. Yeah. Like. I have a harder time looking at that song and making the verse or chorus better without that bridge. So then I, once I have a fire ass verse and a fire ass chorus, I have really high expectations for what the bridge has to be. Yeah. And so that's part of the reason why I bring somebody like, uh, Brian in because it's not, here's, here's the thing. I think a lot of people have this fucked up. They're like, I can only get a song 20, 30, 40% of the way through. It's like, for me, it's like this. I'm 20%, I'm 30%, I'm 40%. Oh, I hit a roadblock. All right, how somebody help me. I, maybe I can come overcome this roadblock or Brian yeah. can. Yeah. And then Brian overcomes a roadblock and it's like 60%. Yeah. And then I'm 70%, 80%. Brian hits roadblock. I'm like, no, you need to do this. And he's like, okay. And like we go and finish it. So it's like it's that to me, it's it has nothing to do. It has everything to do with momentum. It's a roadblock. Dude, it has it everything has, to do with momentum. It's a fucking roadblock, bro. See, if, if I already I have so much momentum to a certain yeah. part... And it can be so imagine, crystal imagine clear. If, imagine if you're 60% of the way done with the track and you and you let it sleep for like a couple weeks. Like, you're, you're killing the momentum of that track. You yeah. yeah. You come back to it, you can still get it back, obviously. Right? The longer you let it sleep, the harder it is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's true. Yeah. Um, so, anyway, this all kind of brought us down to another point that I wanted to talk about, which is that I brought up. Um, has everything to do with momentum, really. Uh, but it also has to do with what that momentum and ambition and energy sp- um, stems from. So I was watching this video by Joseph Gordon-Levitt. You know him, Max? He's from Inception. He's from... Uh, I'll show you a picture of him. You don't know who he is. He's um, from... Batman. He's from... What, the a- actor? Yeah, he's, a, he's an what, actor. Pierce, uh, or, uh... This guy. Oh, that guy. Remember that guy? Yeah, yeah. So he had this TED Talk that I listened to yesterday. It's called, basically, um, it's called Getting Attention Versus Paying Attention. Yeah. And he was on, like, Family Ties back in the day, I think, or whatever the heck that show was called. He was on one of those really big shows. So he's been famous since he was, like, eight years old. Yeah. And he said he can remember going to to camp that first, um, that first year, right? And he just got that thing. And at first... He got all the attention in the world, right? Everybody thought he was awesome. He talked about how awesome he was. He talked about the attention. He's eight years old. He's on this show. All his kids think he's awesome. All these uh, girls are paying attention to him, right? He's the man. And he keeps on talking about it. And eventually, he realizes that, you know, that same attention that he thought he had also people got tired of him because of it or whatever. You know what I mean? They They got all this thing. And he basically started doing only did things to get attention during this time, right? Yeah. And basically the concept is is that as artists today, you strive to get attention, right? That's really what it's about. Yeah. And as you go down that path, you start to basically surrender all your creative energy to the idea of getting attention. Yeah. And that getting attention is actually nearly the complete opposite of paying attention. And paying attention is essentially being in the flow state 
when you're singularly focused on one thing yeah. and you're able to basically move. You know how whenever you just go and write a song so quickly and the feeling you get and how focused you are and how quickly you go to write that song, you know what I mean? It's the best feeling on the planet. Yeah. Uh, the idea is that's essentially the flow state. And that is what paying attention is, which is the opposite of getting attention. Yeah. And it's when you create strictly by living in the moment and only for the creation of that end sort of whatever your piece of music, piece of art of any sort, yeah. uh, as opposed to going and trying to get attention, which creatively frustrates you, gives you mad anxiety, leaves you incredibly unfulfilled. Dude, that's pretty interesting. And basically that like getting attention is sort of the polar opposite of paying attention yeah. and how as an artist, you do have to do things to get attention, but after you've, gotten that attention that that getting that attention had nothing to do with making you fulfilled as an artist maybe that had everything to do yeah. with and he's basically just saying like you have to go get attention but you can't you have to do both you can't not if you don't get attention you can't then then you can't really go and like make anything of your art but if you pay attention you're really fulfilled and you're happy and sure, that has more to do Dude, with that. But if you can balance both, I feel like then that's, that's how the you win. defying factor of TikTok. It's like everybody's getting attention, mm -hmm. and everybody looks at it as like, "Ooh, a quick way to get attention." Yeah. Unless if you do something, maybe you could. I don't, that's why I don't. It's like the it. same thing as but, uh, Instagram. Yeah, yeah. That's it's just earlier. Yeah. So like the thing right now is is like TikTok is so big, and there's so many people who are joining it. It's yeah. The whole sole purpose is to get attention. Yeah. But if you're thinking about it like I am, which is and and again, that is creatively draining. So yeah. that has probably made me the videos that I made that made me slightly less creative for whenever I go and do like make a piece of music. It's hard for me to go do that and then go make a piece of music afterwards. Yeah. But um, despite all that, I think TikTok right now. It's just way too early in its process, bro. Like it yeah. has, it's not matured like an Instagram has, right? Yeah. Like Instagram's had over a decade to mature. It's like you know yeah. what I mean. Like fucking uh, TikTok's so early that right now you're right. It all is about attention. Eventually, it's going to be very much so like YouTube, where yeah. it used to YouTube just used to be about making funny videos that made people laugh and give them attention. Now those guys are JC. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or or people like that. You know what I mean? So it's yeah. like, you're right. It's creatively draining, but you see what, you see the results on things like TikTok. You know what I mean? Yeah. The thing is to not get caught up in the results only. Yeah. So it's like, you know, it starts off at, he says it's like, it starts off at, if I can just have a thousand followers, oh man, how awesome would that be? Right. Yeah. It's like, well then it's, what if I could just get that 10 K when I get to 10 K, it's going to be amazing. Right. Yeah. And then it's a hundred K and then it's a million. He says, you know, I have 4.2 million followers on Twitter today. None of that stuff has anything to do. I've never felt fulfilled or happy from that. Yeah. So it's just an interesting topic. I mean, yeah. you know, what, what do you think? Yeah, I think maybe, maybe the truth is kind of like rising to the surface about like getting attention or paying attention. So like people like even with, let's start with Instagram people. I see people taking film photos and like, they're very, very into their photography craft and they have thousands of followers on Instagram because they do what they are focused on. Right. But then there's people 
but yeah, you also like, see guys then who every, show every, guns every, on but, camera and ma- show yeah, their every, ass. Every, yeah, every average person, what, they take a picture with their gr- new girlfriend, they take a picture at the new restaurant that's in town, and mm-hmm. they, and or, oh, look at this meal I'm eating, and that's kind of getting attention. Like, there's no really creativity to that. Yeah, you're right, you're right. So, but, but... That's not a bad thing because friends like to keep up with what friends are but doing. But look at like Casey Frey, for example. You know what I mean? He only posts a couple of videos every once in a while. I get it's for attention, but I honestly feel like he's probably meant to make maybe not all funny videos because I'm sure he's not just happy-go-lucky. No no comedian is funny, happy-go-lucky all the time. Yeah. But like, you know, here's this guy who's like, not on it all the time. What's his name? Casey Frey, the dude who's fucking. Oh, that guy. Okay. Yeah, dude. Know you know that huge, this. huge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever, yeah. bro. It's like, who knows? That may, maybe that's not fulfilling at all to him or whatever. But like, he's been able to acquire so many fucking. I think his shit. I would put it in the category as, uh, paying attention. Cause his dude, his videos are great. They're amazing, dude. He has his own thing of editing. He does his own, dude. He's a fucking badass little dancer. So you wanna be fun? You wanna be yeah. Free? And he's <laughs> fucking funny as shit. Yeah. And uh, I guess you're right. That is paying attention. Uh, and the thing is, yeah. Now I'm kind of putting in the, these categories, but like, it's so interesting when you're so focused on something. And the, this is the leading into the other topic I want to talk about, our images. Mm-hmm. Maybe that topic of paying attention could be you don't know what your image is, but if you keep doing one foot in front of the other, that paints your – you have a very solid image that people – they're like, oh, shit. I didn't know what color he was at first, but he is definitely the color blue. Yeah, bro. Or, but then everybody that's like give, getting attention – they have the whole rainbows and none of the colors match with each other or anything. It's like, oh, what the fuck is this shit? Yeah, I see what you mean. Now, there, there is something to be said about, like, doing, like, consistency. Like, even on TikTok, for example, you know, I think about the videos that I'm posting now. Like, part of me doesn't ever want to get rid of some of them. I just got rid of half my But videos. I think <laughs> I might if I got to a certain point just because... I mean, I almost look at getting rid of videos as almost like a dishonest thing, because you know what I mean. It's like I just who got am rid I? Of- who am I to tell people that? Because eventually, maybe I'll just be posting videos of me singing my songs. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like, who am I to fucking confuse people to say, "Oh, I'm so awesome! All I did was post my fucking songs, and now I have a million followers on TikTok." It's like, yeah. The reality is, I had to go do a bunch of stuff that like wasn't as creatively pleasing. It's interesting, bro. I've really been like contemplating all this. I stuff. liked the idea of, I just deleted like more than half the videos I have on mine. Yeah. And the only ones I have left are like these edits that I've done, like yeah. my edit and Ricky's edit, and then your edit. I was like, Oh, yeah. oh this is already looking like a more consistent kind of, right. Uh, tick tock. Yeah, dude. And, um, that, yeah, that made me feel a lot better. When dude, I should, I go, should I go live on our TikTok in a minute? If you want to, yeah. Fuck it. Can in a minute. Uh, uh, yeah, dude. It pay, I mean, I don't know where the hell Ricky went, but paying attention versus getting attention, I think it's uh, it's a pretty just interesting topic. You know what yeah. I mean? Because 
I think a lot of people have not been, um, I think artists, the, the thing that makes us all artists is when we have that almost like that just mental clarity and high that you get from just making something great, making a great song or writing a song for the first time and just how creatively pleasing it is. You know yeah. what I mean? That's kind of like the flow state. Um, and I think that's why artists become artists because we just become addicted to that feeling. It's so amazing. I think you know that's what I mean? why Shredtown became their thing. Too, yeah. Cause they did their thing. Uh, yeah. Artists are like ner- almost nervous to be on interviews and they stuff are, because yeah. they're like, Oh, I have my thing and it's a very solid thing that I just want to keep doing. And that's all they want to do. And then they like get pulled away and they're like, Oh yeah. Well also interview. I think, yeah. Like, you know, talking about the but, image, like you wanted to talk about, uh, images that we want. I think we should talk about that a little bit. Yeah. Right. But like looking at images just in general, you know, part of the reason, part of the reason I find releasing music as an artist you want and to, blowing up really early off of it. I was going to say, uh, take a quick break, take a quick Ricky break and then we'll wait for Ricky, but get back. Yeah. All right. All right. We'll be back. In just a few moments. Three, two, one. Oh. Dude, you know what would be fun to talk about right now is the 2019 biggest hits. And we're back. We back. Um, all right, so. 2019 biggest hits. Yeah, we were just, so, yeah, Ricky, we were just talking about paying attention versus getting attention. I think all the commentary that you didn't bring to it, you know, would have been insightful, but suppose we can move on. Getting attention versus giving attention. <laughs> the idea. Um, dude, let's talk about the 2019 biggest hits. All right. And like how influential they were, the differences between them. Um, so, obviously, ones that come to mind first are uh, Billie Eilish, um, Bad, was it Bad Girl? What's her, what's her song? Bad Guy? Bad yeah, bad guy. Or is this bad or whatever? Yeah, Billie Eilish. That was like definitely a huge song. Uh, Lizzo's "Truth Hurts," like that was a number one song this year. Was that song? And that song came out two years ago, which is crazy, bro. Yeah. That song. I remember seeing her play that song live, like two and a half years ago at ACL. Yeah. And it was big. Like everybody loved it, and it was made by Ricky Reed, who's like one of the best producers of all time. But it was. Um, it wasn't a hit like it is today, bro. Yeah. Like that song. How does that song go? go? I don't um, even know. Um, uh, I just took a DNA test. Turns out I'm a hundred percent that bitch. You don't know that song? I you don't. know it if you heard it. Maybe. Yeah. I make. I made one of my original TikTok videos that I made with the Alexa. Oh, for real? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a it's a dope song. But you well, you obviously know Old Town Road, right? Yeah. By Lil Nas yeah. X. That's the song that took this year, I feel like, by by storm for real, though. Um, that song what? blew up on TikTok. Shout out TikTok. Um, but, uh, but do that. I feel like that song completely took over. I, I think, personally, that was the biggest smash, the most influential smash of 2019 from my perspective. And I think it's interesting, bro, because, like, Lil Nas X says that's, like, his 10th song um, that he made ever. That was the 10th song he ever wrote. And so I think it's interesting when an artist comes in, becomes a hit like that, goes viral like that, and then has to go make another album, which I think Panini and all the songs that he came out with for that are, I I love his music, you know what I mean? But he's so infant as an artist compared to 
like us, for example, who've been doing it a really long time, written hundreds of songs each, if not over a thousand. Yeah. And, you know, it's just a different, it's a different play, bro. Like, I mean, it's hard to have longevity in situations like that. I think he's super creative and he appears to like be doing all the right stuff to dominate. Like, I think at least the hip hop genre and the pop genre. Uh, But he did something crazy, bro. He brought Billy Ray Cyrus on a trap beat, which was like the biggest Lucy of all time. I don't know that. Like, is that? That's crazy. yeah, Yeah. I feel like that's, I mean, it was number one longer than any other in a row more weeks in a row than ever. Yeah. And then Billie Eilish went and topped that by yeah. not being consecutive weeks, but overall the number of weeks or whatever that she yeah. had done. Um, Dude, her stories, I've been watching a lot of interview videos with her lately. Oh, yeah? Well, elaborate and, uh, on it, bruh. Um, so, yeah, obviously she works with her brother. Her brother's an amazing songwriter, and she just has this super chill, quirky personality. Like, she's still 17 years old, but she's like, uh, I think she didn't she just turn 18? Uh, yeah, probably. But, but yeah, she's young as fuck. But yeah, she. Um, yeah, That's it's just fucking crazy, crazy. For her, her and her brother to put some songs together, put it on SoundCloud, blow up on SoundCloud. Then somehow they got together with their mixer, which uh, Mike something. Um, he's worked with Beyonce and a bunch of other people in the early 2000s. But uh, then here comes. Billie Eilish and her brother, and they produce all these super dynamic tracks. And uh, I listened to the whole album the other day. I was like, damn. It's kind of like, I mean, I know it's pop, but it's almost like rock. You know what I mean? Like Billie Eilish, like she has that, like that rock sort of aesthetic. Yeah. Like if you're looking at the different people who blew up this year, like you can call like Billie Eilish for being, I mean, kind of like that, that punk kid, you know, defiant you know, type of personality. Yeah, then you have Little yeah. Nas X, who's like perfect pop. Yeah. And then you have like Lizzo, who's like woman empowerment pop. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, which all three are huge lanes. Yeah. But I agree, bro. Like, there's a lot of artist integrity. Billie Eilish has written a lot of songs. It's you know great. what I mean? Like, you're Billie comparing Eilish her to the other ones. All like, she's I saw walking in Hot Topic at the mall was Billie Eilish. Nuh-uh. Yeah, Billie <laughs> Eilish sweatshirt. Shout out Hot shit. Topic. But, uh, yeah, it's crazy. Um, but anyway, dude, I, I'm starting to like her shit a lot. No, like the the main songs that are played all the time, they're cool, like for what they are. Yeah. But if you start digging into her shit, dude, she is just a fucking beautiful melodic singer and like has some really fucking pretty songs. Really? Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. And like I haven't dug into the, her material. The new really single enough. she came out with, like her brother just all of a sudden came out. With, I think I sent you guys that little interview in the making video. And that's the latest single she's come out with. And it's this beautiful melodic piano section. And like she sings along with it. Oh, cool. It's, it's fucking, it's just super, it's just a super cute kind of, that's what she calls it. But it's like, it's almost sad. She was like showing her mom and her mom starts crying. Oh, wow. And she's just like, mom, you always cry to all the songs I write. God. <laughs> <laughs> just like a little kid, but it's crazy. I mean, no, it's no, interesting, man, because I would say overall, on like an album perspective, 2019 was actually a little bit of a weak year compared to 2018, for example, particularly in the hip hop, uh, pop genre. I mean, I think Kendrick dropped in 2018, right? Didn't he? Or was Damn in 2018 or 2017? 
Either way, Drake dropped last oh, year. Yeah, 2017, I think. Uh, XXXTentacion had a great album last year. Uh, fucking Royce to 5'9". I mean, from a hip-hop perspective, all these were really good albums. Um, J. Cole, I think, didn't he drop last year? I can't remember. He did a bunch of features last year. Yeah. Um, you know... It was just a big year, I feel like, where and Meek Mill dropped last year. That was huge. You know, yeah. there's a lot of these big artists who. Yeah, I read who, an article this year. Uh huh. Drake's going to be working on shit. Daft Punk. I oh, yeah. 2020 is going to be huge, bro. And Tame and Paula, of course, come out. And I think in the article, it said we might see uh, songs done with Tame and Paula and Daft Punk. Oh, wow. And so that That'd would be, dope. be fucking. That'd be, I know epic. those are like two of your favorite artists of all time. Yeah, pretty much. Um, but, uh,. Well, that's, you know, just kind of, I was just thinking about that, but not to take away some of the other viral hits, bro. I mean, honestly, like speaking a little bit more towards Ricky's genre, Ride It was like a huge smash this year. Shout out Ride It. I fucking love that song. Yeah. Uh, oh, another thing. That I song inspired me and Ross to oh, start. Oh, yeah. We got a little, we little, got a little soul house project coming out, bro. Yeah. It's gonna be dope, man. The other thing. Yeah, hopefully that, we can get bro. that done soon. My brother said he went to lights all night, and uh, Porter Robinson, he has an alter ego now. Yeah, he's had it. He's had it. Oh, he's had it. Virtual self. You like it? No. You don't. <laughs> Ass. Really? Is it house music, or is it still just... I don't know what the fuck it is. You don't like it? Really? It's weird, bro. Interesting. Yeah. What'd oh. your brother think? I haven't heard any of it. Um, uh, I think he just said he was there, and he watched his set, and he thought it was cool, but... Um, I don't know. Yeah, I would, I would be super curious. He's dude, dude. Porter Robinson is, man, he is crazy, bro. He is it's definitely an artist to see. I've actually never seen Porter Robinson, um, but uh, I, I mean, he is he's one of those artists that you know he's on like the dead mouse level. He's on he's his own thing. You know what I'm saying? Really? Yeah. yeah. But I, I mean, there's a lot of respect to be had for artists like that. Though. Absolutely. Um, but then he comes out with this alter ego. To be honest, man, I mean, it suits him perfectly because he's a fucking weirdo, you know. Really? And so, I don't. Is dude, it like pop music or is it like too poppy? No, or? it's like just. I went to that set a little bit at EDC, and it was like, dude, was it? Is it even music? Like, it's like just sounds and fucking shit coming out like really huh yeah it was crazy man Maybe so he's just trying to do something different yeah exactly so well, it's not really rhythmic or anything yeah exactly not really rhythmic weird that's fucking yeah and so huh. yeah poor Robinson that's interesting I mean respect mad respect to the dude um but uh I mean I really like his I mean he got big with for example language that one track some really old track, but he, that, that's one of the tracks that like made him huge. I remember 100% in the bitch. Do you know that song? By Porter? Pretty sure it's by... Oh, really? I don't remember that. Pretty sure it's by him. What's that? But, Thank yeah, you. I mean, I wasn't a huge fan of the Lights All Night lineup. Yeah. 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 I'm, just because I'm more, I'm more into the house and techno, and they didn't really have a lot of it. Yeah. Yeah, they had some, but... I mean, what the lineup, the headliners were uh, Virtual Self, uh, Bass Nectar, and Skrillex. Oh, basically, exactly. Like, dude, I would never go to something like that. Yeah, yeah. I almost went to Bass Nectar, but I just didn't want to drop any of that money. Yeah, because I'm all bro. about saving money this year. I feel that. So, um, 
I've been doing good so far. Yeah, One I mean, I don't know. I, I, we were just talking about 2019, <laughs> though, in general. Like, I feel like, uh, you know, 2020 is going to be a year where um, there's going to be a lot of different music. I think there's going to be a big change in the hip-hop and the pop world. Like, there's going to be... I think people are going to stop wanting these kind of the weird for weird stuff, you know what I mean? And start wanting a little bit more lyrically challenge, interesting music. I mean, music is interesting, bro, because it just, there's so many lanes and the lanes just keep, they just keep opening, you know what I mean? And like, there's no, there's so much discovery to be had with all these new sounds. Yeah, dude, I mean, everything, music. you wouldn't be you if you didn't listen to the artists that you listen to. That's true. And... If you think about you as an artist, right? Think about an entrepreneur. They have to find a Looks new. Like it, bro. They have Let's to find. Money, they, they have to find a new. Middle of the podcast. Uh, they have to find a new way to uh, present a product, even if it's really similar to this other product. They have to present it in a new way, in a different way. Of, like find the hole in the market. That's essentially what an artist is doing too. You're blending elements together of the sounds that inspire you the most of different artists, and you create it, and you almost do it subconsciously, right? Because, yeah. I mean, there's no way you could do it consciously. It's just, you know, I'm sure some I of the feel music. Like I try to do it consciously. No, no, <laughs> but no, but he, the part that you don't do consciously is the artist that you listen to when you were a kid. You know, the artist that oh, you yeah, don't listen to anymore. All of that is just tying in into That's everything true. that you're creating. You're like. It has to do with it, man. You know, like, for example, I don't even listen to Tiesto anymore, right? But I listen to him so much. It obviously plays a part, you know? Yeah. That influence, the way I felt in a show like that is how I want to make people feel, you know? All that plays Dude, a role. Speaking of this, when I was driving up here, uh, so I was getting my car uh, inspected today or I got it cleaned or whatever. And then um, I went to the record store. And what I've been doing recently is walking around the record store and just looking at artists I'm familiar with or whatever, and I'll immediately, I'll immediately go Spotify and type in the artist on my phone. I'm like, I'm gonna listen to this album. I'm gonna listen to this album. So it's like essentially, I'm looking at all these vinyls and I get so inspired. I'm like, oh, I like this. That's cover. badass. I've never seen this cover before. I was like, oh, this cover just looks cool. I'm gonna type this in. So I did that today. Dude, you know the first thing, the first time something like that ever happens to me was the other day. I was in my car. And I see a badass album cover, and I'm like, that's a fucking badass album cover. I usually never look at it. Yeah. But I was like, that one's fucking cool, yeah. you know? And the song was, the track was fucking cool. Yeah. And I was like, wow, that's like, you know, and, and it made me think, you know, my, my fucking mathematical mind is like, I wonder what percentage of the time people will listen to a whole track just because of the album cover. Yeah. Because they, they like it so much. You know, I'm sure there's a percentage. So if you nail the album cover... You know, you could get, you know, more listens for sure. Yeah, that's crazy. But so, sorry, I cut you off, though. What were you saying? No, but what I was saying is, uh, so I did that today, but one of the albums was the movie Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. It's a whole soundtrack of that. And so I was like, all right, I'm going to jam this today. Literally, the first song that comes on and every song after that, I feel like I'm fucking Brad Pitt driving around in a badass like in the middle of california just like just doing like fucking badass work or whatever it just makes you feel awesome <laughs> i was just like that's crazy how every artist can be identified as a certain way or feeling or something but then maybe that person has a song that person has a song that person has a song they're all put together on some movie album how all these they 
and that's what Shredtown did too. Every single video is just this one kind of vibe and style, but it's like so many different artists. And I thought that was, yeah, it's just fucking badass. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is badass. I mean, dude, when are you gonna start making videos, bro? You're really good at making videos. I know, I'm, I'm yeah, about dude, to. You are good. Like, bro, I see you as such a dynamic, multi-dimensional artist. I know. You're visually creative. You're like musically creative. Like, bro, you need to like exploit that. Like that. Sh- that needs to be. That needs to be. Like, okay, I understand you have like these these amazing ideas. Yeah. But you need to figure out a practical way to create constantly. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. 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 Like, don't let these idealistic things stop you from starting to create right now because trust me if you start doing the small okay i'm gonna do like a small little idea and you dude do it like twice a week bro do two two do two youtube videos a week bro promise you by the end of the year you'll be able to make those badass ideas that you have yeah that will probably take you much longer if you didn't start right now bro no that's facts yeah like it's literally all about just getting the ball rolling bro just get the ball rolling (laughs) bro I mean, honestly, this, it's this, about making shit that you don't even like. Sometimes it's about making shit you don't like, bro. Sometimes it's about making like music and and things that. Oh, I mean, it just it's not. It doesn't have to be about like this romantic, perfect way of doing. It, you know, what I mean, you, yeah. you like you expect every time to be like such a fun experience, but it's not always fun. You know, what I mean, yeah. so it's like. I mean, bro, fuck me and Mal literally started making YouTube videos in November. Yeah, literally. Distro kid hits us up, yeah. Four, like three weeks later. Yeah, that's fucking You've crazy. Seen all of a sudden, man. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Like, what the fuck, dude? Like, I'm looking at my like subscriber growth, bro. We're getting like ten subscribers a week. Yeah. Dude, we we're, we're from we doing got, nothing. Yeah, from doing nothing, bro. Like, yeah, dude, yeah. it happens, man. It's it's blowing my mind, you know. So eventually, you know, I mean, I can't even think about 2020 because we're gonna be cranking these babies out. Like we figured it out. With me, I'm such a like category kind of person. I know, I know you are. Yeah. And yeah. so, yeah, but no, nah, it's it, it's gonna happen. It's gonna start start rolling out. Sorry, sorry, bro. Yeah, bro. So, um, all right. So we kind of talked about the the big hits and just like what we want to do in in 2019. Let's see. Do we want to talk about our ideal images? Or should we start just... I want to talk about the Loom update at some point because I think it's pretty interesting. Let's get into it. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, so um, for those of you who don't know, I've talked about it a ton on this podcast. I have no idea what gotten shit about it. (laughs) (laughs) Nah, uh, so Loom is a music streaming app completely free, available on iPhones, um, and you can go as an underground artist... um, like, for example, myself, I've gone on there and I've been able to just acquire fans who actually listen to my music, um, who actually go on. And it's such a small-knit, happy community, like tight-knit community at the moment. Um, you could just go on there. You can't make any money off of it historically, right? But you've just been able to go put your music up there, kind of like SoundCloud. You get found. People can message you. You have a profile. There's all these great things about it, right? Well, one of the things they've been talking about doing for a long time is monetizing, and how they monetize will be very similar to what TikTok does, for example, and also Twitch does, uh, which is to go in and actually allow the fans to directly compensate the uh, 
the artists, right? And so they came up with a few ways to do that. But here's what they've done. The first thing is they got a thing called a note. Um, and a note is essentially equivalent of the same monetary value that one Spotify stream gives you. So half a penny. That's how much one Spotify stream gets you, basically. So it's even less than that. I think it's like .004, but let's call it half a penny, yeah, right? Yeah. So it, historically, it was half a penny. So I did the math on that, right? So the lowest that somebody can gift you on there is 50 notes or a gift that is worth 50 notes, and that's worth 25 cents. So somebody would have to go stream one night for 126 minutes. So they have to play it 50 times like to basically get which equals almost over two hours to get the same thing that somebody can gift me 25 cents on this app. And they have all these different like things you can have. Like there's like a charged up icon. There's a goat icon. There's like all these different icons. They cost different values. Yeah. So like the lowest ones are like 50 cents. The highest ones are 20 bucks right now. And people gift it to you. And as an artist, you can directly go and just take like that cash. cash. Cash, yeah, anytime you want. And that's what Loom is doing, rolling out. I think it's January 13th of this year. What, so. okay, what, a, so I'm curious. Yeah. What incentive do these people have to give you that gift? Um, I mean, make good content, make good music, give, what, what incentive do they have? Yeah. They get recognized for it. So, like, your top, uh, people who pay you they get like badges and stuff for doing that right so if you're like a number one okay. supportive fan you go to my page oh you'll be able to see who supported me the most um, yeah. on that um so I would but it's a, it's no different than tiktok or twitch why do people no you're why right do people give jc money yeah no you're he plays right fucking video games no, you're right. It's, it's, you know what I mean? So it's like, it's the same thing. So it's basically you fans can directly pay. They don't have to pay anything for the app. So they don't have to pay $9.99. What if they right. do with that $9.99 they spend on Spotify every month and dedicate $10 to artists every Dude, month? Dude, this is going to change shit. So Dude, that's Lo what it is. You know Loom, what is I mean? gonna, Loom is going to change shit. They could, bro. Like this is truly Dude, an innovative so idea. It's, that it's is pretty much like. And it's not even that innovative. Dude, they're 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 uh they're going with what's happening now with live with everything that's happening live, yeah. you know, with live streaming like on YouTube you can donate, on Twitch you can donate. Right. This is essentially a Patreon. Th there's all these various yeah, things you can use. This yeah. is uh, essentially a twist of all of those. It's really uh, genius. It's cool, man. I mean, um, it's a lot. There's a lot they're rolling out right now, yeah. but it's good. I think it's all. Gonna so be when good does updates. this update come out? I think January 13th is when the official date is. Okay. I wonder how my loom is doing. I think I'm at 50. Yeah. So, I mean, loom is just one of those things where it's like. I got some notifications. Uh, oh, I got five followers, dude, we're, baby. We're so early. You know what I mean? Like, you're yeah. you're just so early since the last time you. Uh, and you guys haven't done anything on it. You know what I mean? Like, I it's different, a, I right? I gamed a handful of followers just from that one post I did. Hey, I haven't. I mean, I think you should be treating it the same way that you... It's so easy, bro. Like, there's no yeah. judgment there. Nobody's there to judge you poorly. So, yeah. shout out Loom. If you're on this, you're looking for a new music streaming app to find, like, what's up-and-coming artists, check out Loom. Um, so, anyway, I think that app's going to be... That change is going to be huge, man. I'm definitely going to embrace it. I'm already... You know, I post a lot on there. I yeah. post several times a week on there, at least. Try to post every day, but sometimes yeah. I don't. Um, you know, I think it's... a uh, 
it's a cool app, and I think this has the potential to really make a game changing. What, uh, what are you usually for, posting on there? Um, I mean, other people's songs, uh, milestones that my music has hit. You know what I mean? Uh, talking about the album. I'll post a picture. I'll I'll do the same thing I do on Instagram sometimes, where I'll post oh, a real? picture and just say something about so, it. Yeah. So I, I have two. Up? I have two things. Yeah. I guess veering away from that. Yeah. Uh, first question. Mm-hmm. I so I could click on your song mm-hmm. and put it on repeat and go to sleep tonight, mm-hmm. and you'll gain all those views. I think so. That's okay. Because at first I didn't think that was a thing, but then I looked at my track, and Carly fell asleep streaming my oh, music. Cool. And so my first song got like almost 300 views. Nice. And then <laughs> my second song only has like 50 views. Yeah. And this is all just on Spotify. Now, the second thing I wanted to point out is that Carly went home to see her family and her sister is like 15. Uh-huh. And they always talk about all the stuff they're into. Mm-hmm. And uh, she's like, I think Carly spoiled up Spotify and she's like, oh my God, you Pandora ass. Like Pandora and Spotify is so old to them, but they all use iTunes. So all these kids are using like iTunes music. I mean Apple, Apple music, music or Apple Music. Yeah, 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 yeah I got you. And I mean, so, I don't, I don't agree with that. I think Apple Music and Spotify are pretty similar. Yeah, but they're like on the same level. They might be right, but but what I was leading maybe into, yeah maybe what I, what I was we leading into music. yeah what I was leading into was we can, we have an artist page on spotify and we can see exactly all the shit like the whole layout of where our music's being played how much our music's being played and so and so yeah is there a way to do that for apple uh i don't know actually bro i would be very curious so i started thinking i'm sure there's an apple app for artists yeah but i don't use it much because i would be i i think apple and spotify is the two main head and head right now like half i would say even most of my friends use apple bro yeah yeah i know oh really use apple i think you can like get better family discounts or something if you use apple or i don't know i've definitely had people tell me um yeah there's a bunch of good things i don't know i love spotify and dude and 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 you kind of stuck to it because i have so much music on there so then what do you do but i I know i used to have apple before this what you don't have it on the other platforms what? You don't have your music on the other platforms? No, like my music, yeah, but oh, I'm talking about like the, what I listen to. What you listen yeah, to. Yeah. yeah. I used to have Apple and it was it was badass, but uh yeah, I think I like the way you can just like songs what and it makes a playlist. Just good, making bro. playlists is a lot podcast. cooler. Spotify is definitely a playlist type of app. It definitely is a playlist type I don't of know app for sure. Apple is as much. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Me neither. I don't That's know because I don't so use cool. it. I don't use it, so I don't know. Yeah, yeah. bro. Yeah. Um, it's interesting, man. Yeah. You know what? What? What people are using? I'm uh, really psyched about dollars. that Loom thing. I really think it's gonna be uh, really good for those artists that have really streamable music that people love to listen to when they're yeah. fucking cruising in their car, yeah. when they're just chilling. They just play some tracks. You know, I I I don't know if it's gonna be good for me, man, you know? Yeah. Just because not a lot of not a lot of people stream dance music, just straight tracks. Yeah. Right. I mean it could be, bro. I mean, why don't you just I mean people will definitely yeah. listen to that on there, bro. Like you can get you can get a bunch of people to You, th- was, you think SoundCloud is kind of your th- Yeah, I definitely think SoundCloud is It uh, is now, bro. I mean like, you know, 
Like TikTok is making stupid, funny videos right now. YouTube used to be the same thing. You know what I mean? Like yeah. look what YouTube is now. I think you just got to let it evolve and yeah, be, and be sure. an early adopter, you know? Yeah. Well, it is interesting just kind of y'all's different opinions. No, yeah. I mean, I, I, think, uh, I think my music is definitely more for the live shows. And so I have to like create a really strong. I feel like my music's that way too. You feel that way? I feel like, I feel my like music uh, will be way stronger being live than yeah. it is just sitting down, kind of listening to it. Okay. But yeah. for sure. I mean, Limbs just look, they're the first people to do it. I think they got really something going. They got a lot of good backers. Like, they got people who want them to win, who are in high places. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, I think all that shit. The, the, I'm definitely going to keep uh, trying to grow on Loom, though. I definitely think it's the move. Yeah, I want to. Post yeah. my music on there for sure. You should, yeah. man. I'm gonna. I'm going to. What do you? Uh, you're posting pictures. And yeah, man. I mean, uh, just I like post, lifestyle stuff. Yeah, I post. I post. That's cool. Uh, I'm gonna start doing yeah, that. I post inspiration. I post a lot of thank yous. I post a lot of stuff about like, you know, I post like a happy new year. 2020 is gonna be. Do what I. Where what it's at what I thought thing. about. Cool. I, like sweet, posts, sweet. So. What I what I was gonna do on Loom is literally go through new music that people post on it. And stuff that I personally really like, I'm gonna repost their shit. Oh, sweet! And yeah, y'all should. That's might, actually a really good one. I might just a good do idea. that, and that will yeah. be my loom. I just, thing. Uh, dude, I honestly don't see any techno artists on there. Yeah, bro, but you're not really looking either. I kinda, I am kinda. Last time I went on there, I was like, I wonder if there's any techno. Bro, now. it launched in July. When was the last time you went on there? Uh, probably like last week. Okay. Yeah. Not. Every now and then I go in and check it just to see what's on the charts. It's checking right now, Ross. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. yeah. <laughs> well, uh, and, anyway, and so they got, go they got Dancing EDM and they got House. And then I go to House and, you know, the, you know there's, no, there's no techno. Yeah, bro. Well, there's no fucking bedroom pop either. You know what I mean? But what the fuck am I making? I'm making bedroom pop. You know what I mean? Like, on Spotify, there's you're making bedroom indie You're making hip hop. You're making hip hop. I'm also making hip hop. But like... It's like the genre doesn't really matter as much. You know what I mean? The musical cut through. Hey, well, I don't know. Just because. All these people select what their genre is, too. Because when you sign up for it, you select what you're doing. Yeah, I know. They just don't have. Um, I guess, I mean, they have dance and EDM, but it's just. It's just. You would not have the to right umbrella. Because, okay, the thing about. Te- the th- yeah. the, here's the thing about techno. Like. What you got? Okay. It's a really niche audience, man. So people are going to go on Loom. Let's say, let's say I'm a techno artist and I go on Loom and I try to find... I can't even select techno. Like, okay, fuck yeah. this app. I'm just going to go to Spotify, you know? That's, that, that's what a fan does, you know? Like, let's can say they go on here and, and it says... And, and it does, there's no hip-hop. Like, okay, what the fuck? My main search query that I'm trying to find, there's no hip-hop on here. You know what? What do I like? I'm but a hip hop fan. So, so, you know what I'm saying? But I mean, do I people who listen to fucking like tech house only listen to tech house? Okay. No, that's the, not what this, I'm saying. This is my point. But I, but I'm making techno. I want them to find techno. This is yeah, this you. is what my point is with that. Yeah. I think since it's such an early app, I think there's a hip hop art. Uh, a, like so, I'm like, okay, I'm a rapper. I'm gonna start making my page now from the beginning. Yeah. And you look, you're like, I'm a rapper. There's hip hop. There's trap. Where the fuck is rap? I want to pick rap, but fuck, I'll just pick hip hop. Well, I mean, is it, is it, isn't hip hop so rap? But, really. but, but no? what, I'm, what I'm saying, no. It can be. 
I thought hip hop was rap. Hip- I thought rap was a subgenre under hip hop. I don't know. Yeah, I, I think I, you're they're probably all, right. They're, yeah. they're, they're definitely different. I, I would argue that they're different. But what I'm saying with you is maybe you're a techno artist and you're making your page. Maybe the word techno isn't in there, but you're like, what's the next closest thing? I guess house. So maybe you could go to the house and you could just click through people's songs. You're like, oh, lame. Yeah. I know. Well, lame, that's what I was lame, doing. Lame, and lame, so I, like, that's what I was doing. I was going through house and it was just all mainly just, you know, the EDM stuff that I usually hear. Which probably, I mean, because there's probably a big It's just a smaller app right it's now. It's a smaller app. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and that's why I'm just going to keep posting and yeah. uh, just trying to, like, see where I fit in here. For for example, like, we'll find, like, these tracks. I mean, if you go... Maybe and- you could make a post. Hey, I want some techno fans. Please send your music to me or... I just I'm trying to find some techno artists in here, and you can yeah. literally try to ask some people. Yeah, totally. <laughs> but um, I think that'd be dope. Anyway, yeah. maybe I, you, maybe you could use it to discover artists and literally try to find them yeah. and ask about it. And yeah. Then, no, I definitely think it's it's I I I, th- I think it's a good app, dude, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Cool, okay. guys. Yeah, I mean, we can talk about a couple more if you want. We can wrap it. What do you guys say? I feel like we should wrap it. It's, been, wrap a, it? it's been a minute. It's yeah, been a hundred minutes. Whee. Yeah. All right. All right. We appreciate y'all for tuning in. Thanks cool, for those guys. who uh, watched us live, yo. And, Have a good uh, new year and work hard. Yeah. Work hard, baby. We got through about six of the nine, so we did pretty good. Pay attention. Wait, was it? Pay attention. Don't pay attention. Don't get attention. Pay I, guess, attention. I guess do both, but if you pay attention, it's more fulfilling. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Peace out, yo. Peace. This is the Bedroom Producers Pod.